0: Hey guys, since you enjoyed the first installment of the Strange Things Found in Nature series, I thought I'd make a part two. Personally, I know the stuff I found in episode one had me floored. And if you missed episode one, be sure to check it out. You can find a link in the description. You're not going to want to miss those. Now whether you're hiking, taking a nice walk on the beach, or anything in between, there is never a shortage of strange and downright disturbing things to be found in Mother Nature. This time around we have everything from plane crashes, to mysterious photos, and maybe even murder. But of course we're gonna save the darkest for last. Before we get into these stories though, be sure to elbow the like button in the face like you're trying to survive in a mosh pit. Subscribe if you're new, it helps the channel grow immensely and get ready for these strange and downright disturbing things found in Mother Nature. To start this video off, I'll ease in with a few more exciting stories that seem a bit more harmless until you get a little bit deeper. Now, like I said, these images may seem innocent, but sometimes there's, um... Something darker lurking just beneath the surface. While you're out in the wilderness, we don't realize that we're experiencing something ominous until sometimes after the fact. When you return home, you sit down, you go through your pictures you took in nature, and you might just catch something you didn't see in person. Well, that's pretty much what happened in this case. There's no better example of this than a short horror film inspired by a true story called Alone Time. The earliest copy I could find of this film series was in September 2014 on the director's YouTube channel known as Rod Black. Blackhurst and is labeled as an unparalleled production in association with Frank and Paul Films. I don't know what any of that means, but hopefully it means something to somebody. It was also uploaded to a few other channels. I just wanted to make sure we got the correct credit due is why I'm mentioning all this. Alone Time shares the story of a young woman who is living a monotonous routine. To break this routine they decide that they're going to take a camping trip. I'm sure we can all relate to this, jumping out to the great outdoors to try to recharge and escape the monotony of everyday life. So, she packs her bags, heads out of town and is seen purchasing one of those little yellow temporary cameras that you used to have to bring back to Walgreens or whatever convenience store that you bought it from to get the pictures developed before finally enjoying a beautiful view of a secluded lake. Over the next few days, she seems to find that inner peace in the solitude of nature that she was looking for. She takes one last beautiful picture of her campsite before finally leaving with a smile on her face and a new sparkle in her eye. She goes back to town, has the film developed so she can savor each one of those memories that she made. Eventually, we'll see her flipping through these amazing pictures of lakes, country roads, green mountains, a serene river, and everything you can imagine. But, unfortunately, her face turns grave when she notices something isn't right with this next picture. It's a picture of her, from when she fell asleep, but she wasn't the one that took the picture. She starts to realize there are a bunch of these types of pictures, and she throws them down on the floor in shock, and she realizes the implications of what potentially is going down here. I know I won't be doing any solo camping anytime soon after watching this little thing, but seriously, it's only 13 minutes long, it's definitely worth checking out and gives good context to what we're about to talk about. Something incredibly similar happened to a man in the 1980s when he visited Grand Canyon. This account actually comes from a Redditor by the name of Zombie Gandafi, who is actually the nephew of the man this happened to. Allegedly, the uncle was on a road trip with some friends and decided to stop at the Grand Canyon for some photos. They only spent about roughly 15 minutes in the area. They were taking pictures, having fun, small talk, and they never saw anybody in the area apparently. They believed they were entirely alone in this portion and felt lucky for it. After returning home and developing all the pictures they took in the Grand Canyon, the uncle to something um quite freaky there was a pale tall white man wearing what looked like some sort of long black hooded cloak in the picture not far from them this led many redditors to think that this may be some sort of grim reaper caught on film or maybe some hard of death many speculated that it was sitting there lying in wait for the uncle to fall to his death or maybe even cause him to fall itself. Granted, this would be a straightforward situation to fake and wouldn't be too terribly hard to pretend like they didn't see anybody there. But, assuming that it is not a hoax, a skeptic might believe the mysterious man was simply just a tourist that happened to be in the picture and photobombed without really realizing. But why would they be dressed that way? It seems like they're more dressed for a Halloween party than they are the Grand Canyon. Honestly, any time I see this photo or any conversation around it, it just raises many more questions and little to no answers. Was this stranger merely in the area to photobomb and scare people? If so, why didn't they make themselves known all the way back then? Maybe he saw the uncle and at first decided to back off, noticing they were taking a picture. Who knows, there could be a very benign and simple answer to this. But what what gets me the most is why didn't anybody in that group notice him standing by? Don't you think somebody would have noticed a person lurking just a couple of feet away? Because in the picture, he looks fairly obvious. I don't think you could miss him. But definitely be careful next time you get close to the edge. You never want to slip and you never know who might be lurking behind you. Most discoveries on this list are things people found by accident. However, this next one, everyone from elderly hikers to families have tried to deliberately make it through these treacherous trails to visit this next site. Located near the Great Smoky Mountains in Waynesville, North Carolina, are the remains of a Cessna 414A plane that actually crashed on November 24, 1983. Locals say a combination of hazardous weather and pilot error contributed to this tragedy. Apparently, this crash took the lives of both pilots and the single passenger on board. Due to the rough terrain of the crash site, only the bodies of the victims and the plane's engines could ever actually be recovered. The fuselage left at the area of the crash site is an eerie reminder of what can happen when Mother Nature and pilot aren't prepared for what's thrown at them at any given. Given time. Despite being common knowledge, the trail remains completely unmaintained and remains a popular tourist attraction in the area. I don't want to share the exact details or directions just in case anybody wants to go after watching this video, because I'm not trying to be liable for anybody breaking a toe out there, you feel me? But the information is rather easy to find online, so best of luck to explorers out there. If you're daring enough to take on this trip, take a hiking buddy and definitely tell others where you're going. It's a challenging climb and rather easy to get lost on. Even the most experienced of hikers have been known to have a hard time on this hike. There are countless drop-offs near the trail, so you have to be very careful and make sure you're wearing the right clothing, footwear, equipment, and basically have the ability to be able to traverse these types of terrains. This is not for somebody who has an injury or can't be very mobile. Those who do wish to try their luck at this spot, though, should probably start from the parking lot at Water Rock Knob Creek. It's off the Blue Ridge Parkway, which is also a beautiful drive for anybody looking for beautiful nature in the mountains. And though it does seem chill and typical in the beginning, it quickly becomes one of the hardest hikes that you will ever experience. It requires taking giant steps over roots. Climbing over massive rocks, squeezing under fallen trees, traversing steep, muddy sections that involve a decent amount of sliding, jumping, and just all-around mobility. Safe to say, if you have 99 agility on RuneScape, you'll probably be okay, though. (laughs) jokes aside, if you do make it past all of this, hikers are rewarded with the ghostly remains of the Cessna, almost 40 years old now sitting there, untouched and being devoured by nature. Oh, and if you do happen to make this trip, please be respectful of the area. Vandalism has become such a problem in the past, and it just, just it just makes everything look ugly. Why would you want to besmirch something so beautiful as this? Our third topic takes us all the way to talk Alaska. A place I've personally never heard of before. A small town just 93 miles from the Canadian border, at roughly 6.05 a.m. on April 26, 2021, state troopers were informed about a potentially buried freezer in the woods. They located about 100 feet within the woodland, near mile 112 of Talk, Alaska. It was on a small road known as Talk Cut-Off Road, and I'm almost positive you guys will be able to guess what was inside. Unfortunately, the freezer contained human remains which were then transported to the state medical examiner's office in Anchorage. Although it was considered a homicide from the beginning, investigators never really gave much information. They didn't confirm the victim's gender, age, or even race that I know of. They didn't release any information initially about whether this could be tied to some sort of local missing persons case or not either. Though, to be fair, that would be for a good reason, ultimately, as no one had reported this body missing, which would later be identified as a man, even though after later research it turned out that this man's last known sighting was all the way in 2018. In mid-August, the victim was publicly identified as 67-year-old Michael Lynn Teller, and of course his family was notified promptly. Lead investigator Michael Iverson would eventually confirm that the victim was indeed murdered. They appealed to the public for any information they may have. Iverson stated that Michael was an Anchorage transient, and they believe he had been dead for quite some time before the gruesome discovery. Authorities were hoping to learn what business he may have had and talk to figure out potentially who we may have been meeting and who may be the culprit they have gone through several avenues in this case but apparently they are stuck at a standstill to this day it remains a complete mystery how michael teff teller ended up in that freezer that day and how long he had been there it's genuinely unsettling to think that his killer or killers are still out there running free since this case remains ongoing many details have been withheld from the public still but this is definitely a case i'll keep my eye on for the future to be sure to let you know of any updates or If it gets solved. This case isn't the only case of human remains being found in the woods though. And oddly enough, in a freezer. In February 2020, 75-year-old Jean Soren Mathers was found dead during a wellness check in Toole, Utah. It was determined that she died of natural causes, but what police found in her home would leave them truly shocked. There was a second deceased body in her freezer. The body was later identified as Jean's 69-year-old husband, Paul Edward Mathers. His body was wrapped in a black garbage bag, and then wrapped with a second one with duct tape for security. The popular running theory right now is that Jean kept her husband's death a secret so that she could continue to collect his veteran disability checks. Mathers was terminally ill with end-stage bladder cancer. He was last seen at the hospital on February 4th, 2009. An autopsy had placed his death only about a month later. The thought about him being in the freezer, though, for a decade? is what truly creeps me out about this story. Additionally, the cause of death remains unknown. It is likely that he died from his terminal cancer though. That much we can assume. But of course, this was never confirmed post-mortem so who knows what actually happened. Likewise, asphyxiation couldn't be ruled out either because of the plastic bags. Technically, it could have been placed there before his death, but I guess we'll never truly know. There were also lethal levels of narcotics found in his system as well, which is pretty shady. But, in a 2008 letter from December, written by Mathers himself apparently, he did say that his wife had nothing to do with his death, although that is what my drama queen mother may try to accuse. This seems to indicate that maybe Mathers was aware of what his wife was going to do with his body, and maybe that they kinda collaborated on it together so she could still get money while he was gone. I mean, the estrangement from his family would definitely have helped that whole missing person thing, because nobody would really notice he was missing. How could they? But again, we can never really know for sure. Both people that participated are now no longer with us. It's entirely possible Mathers never wrote that letter, and this could all just be some devised plan of his wife. But ultimately, it remains one of those unanswerable questions in life.
1: With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Now it's time for our most gruesome discovery for this episode. I was highly debating making this one the last one, but I don't know. I just couldn't bring myself to end a video on something so, uh, disturbing. Let's just call this one a palate cleanser, if you want to call it that. Imagine you're just out minding your own business, walking through the woods enjoying nature, and then suddenly you walk upon something that you don't even know how to explain. You stumble upon a cow's tongue pinned to a tree. Now, that might sound strange to you, but that's precisely what happened in 2016. To a Brooklyn resident, the tongue appeared to have been stitched down the middle. And apparently, this wasn't even the first time someone in that area has made a discovery like this. Apparently, multiple calf tongues were found nailed to trees in Manhattan's Inwood Hill Park. But apparently, the discovery of these animal tongues being nailed to trees and such aren't even that uncommon in the New York area. At one point, over 40 tongues were found in Pelham Bay Park. And Brooklyn's Prospects Park has also had its fair share of animal tongues being nailed to trees. One notable one is apparently a bovine tongue full of just all kinds of needles. Who knows what those needles once not tell? Apparently decapitated goat and rooster heads have also been found in every single one of these parks. And apparently New York isn't even the only place. This has been reported in California and Texas recently as well you'll probably be relieved to hear that in most of these cases, the tongues are believed to be store-bought and not ripped directly from a cow's mouth. Well, I guess they are, but you know what I mean. Religious experts have actually theorized that this is being used in a ritual of sorts. Traditionally, cow tongues symbolize the silencing of an adversary. This can encompass everything from ending somebody's smack talk to stopping somebody from testifying in court. Religions that practice such things are santeria, umbanda, voodoo, and candomblé. But true believers often prefer different terms. The tongue isn't left to cause fear or harm, but rather to instruct the spirits. The target doesn't need to see the tongue or even know that it's there. Photographs, names, and handwritten messages are often left with the tongues. But understandably, there was nothing left behind that could really identify the culprits who left these tongues there in the first place. It's entirely possible that these tongues were placed by pranksters trying to be copycats and make fun of the whole thing. But even so, I can't help but wonder who is trying to silence their enemies? Dr. Miguel de la Torre, professor of social ethics and Latino studies at Denver's Lith School of Theology, commented on the 40 plus tongues left in Pelham Park. Forty tongues is overkill in my opinion. Maybe it's for the grand jury. So now you see what I meant by not wanting to leave you hanging with this as a finale. It's kind of a cliffhanger. Instead, for this last case, let's get back to the simple idea of finding human remains. Yay! And I think you guys will appreciate this last one. This remarkable incident from Lemhi County in Idaho has missing 411 vibes all over it. At around 4 p.m. on September 17th, 2021, the Lemhi County Sheriff's Office reported a bow hunter's discovery. These remains were discovered when a Good Samaritan was leaving one hunting area going through another via a shortcut that he liked to use every so often. Unfortunately, though, due to the fading light, and rugged terrain, authorities couldn't gain access to the scene of the body until the following day. Despite the delay, it didn't take authorities very long to identify the victim here. They identified the remains as 39-year-old Raymond Jones, A man who went missing 53 years prior, on September 7th, 1968. The most heartbreaking aspect of this whole case is that September 7th is not only Jones's birthday, but his son's birthday as well. Sadly, they can only share 12 of those birthdays before he would go tragically missing. Of course, September would always be a rough time for the family. How could it not be? It's actually kind of insane, and such a crazy coincidence, that his body was found nearly to the day that he went missing, and also, of course, right around their birthday. Jones would disappear while hunting mountain goats in Lemhi County, Idaho, not very far away from a place called Hayden Creek. Others had been with him on this trip, but I guess he was alone when he went missing. Considering his remains were found at the bottom of a steep incline, officials think that he may have seen a mountain goat in the area, tried to pursue it, and potentially fell to his untimely death. But of course this is only speculation, we can't really say for certain what happened, and I definitely don't want to be one of those people online that perpetuates some sort of crazy theory around this. We can never be too sure what actually transpired that day. It could be nefarious, it could just be bad luck, we never truly know. The initial search was aided by tracking dogs. It was unsuccessful and ultimately called off due to the bad weather. Lots of snow was coming in, which would make the search even harder. And as we have learned, when snow comes in, sometimes it just erases all the evidence altogether. The search would resume again after footprints were found in a previously searched area, so it gave them hope that maybe, just maybe, he was alive. After the official search ended, 70 searchers, helicopters, the whole nine yards were hired by the Jones family to continue searching. Unfortunately, no further signs of him were ever found until this recent turn of events. Two days later, Jeffrey would receive a final birthday card in the mail, presumably sent before his dad's death. Though Raymond's first wife passed away in 1986, his second wife, son, and one sister were at least able to hear the good news and get closure. If nothing else, this case proves that there is always hope to be had at the end of the tunnel. You just have to keep searching, keep looking, and don't give up. Another heart-wrenching and mysterious case comes from this past April when a man found a little boy's body in a suitcase while he was hunting mushrooms. The discovery was made in a nearby wooded area of Washington County. According to the media, the child was African-American and anywhere between 5 to 8 years old. On April 18th, Indiana State Police Sergeant Carrie Hules appealed to the public for any sort of information that may help identify this young child. But sadly, to this day, no one has come forward with any information. No one has reported the boy missing, and quite frankly, we don't know anything about what happened. The autopsy was performed the following day after being discovered, but it was rather inconclusive. It was able to determine that the boy died probably the week previous, but any sign of death or what actually caused that death is rather unknown. The young boy was laid to rest in Salem Cemetery. His gravestone reads in loving memory to a little boy known to none but God. Given that this case is so recent, it might have an update in the future and be a potential video for us. So, fingers crossed that we get some good news. It's safe to say there is no true haven on this earth. No matter where you go, the danger in the constant fight of survival is always just around the corner. We live a life where we are ever battling death, trying to prolong that battle as long as we can, but ultimately, we always lose that battle. We must respect our planet, we must respect nature, and we must respect the lives of others who live on this planet with us. Whether that be our fellow human being, whether that be the animals around us, it is very important. Something I noticed quite a bit while researching and recording this video is the amount of debris and trash left over in a lot of these places. I know it might not seem like a big deal to many, but this, in my opinion, is a massive problem. Please. Throw away your trash or keep it in your pocket until you can. It really does do wonders to the world. Be sure to like and subscribe if you're new. If you enjoyed this video and you want to see it continue, please be sure to let me know what you would like me to look into in the comments down below. If you have a case, a story, or anything like that that you'd like to send to me, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or r slash the dark swamp on reddit. Many thanks to Justine Perry who helped me write today's episode and also additional thanks have to go to Paige Turner for the additional writing and edits. They are both amazingly accommodating and help me be able to put out these videos at the rate that I do. Be sure to show them some love as well. Have you ever found anything strange or unexplainable while out in the wood let me know in the comments as i'd love to discuss with you be sure to download this on your favorite podcast platform and give us a five star rating on apple podcast and spotify as it helps us grow in there and i'll see you soon with another creepy episode